Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Now, I just want to get a coffee, okay? Why Can is I the get camera a coffee? in my face right now? Are, Are you, you here partaking? You walked right up now, to you're me. In the red zone? I'm scared. I want to go for a coffee down there. Okay. Can I, can you, I go for a coffee? Still being arrested you? Right Do you now? live in this? No, I don't live here, but I, I'm... Where do you live? Alberta. Time for you to leave. I can't even go down there for no, a coffee. No, go grab yourself in the red zone right now. If you don't leave right now, you will be arrested. Do you understand me? I can't go for a coffee. Grab your stuff because if we see you, we'll be patrolling all day. If we see you again, it'll be different. Leave. Take your camera and get out of here. It was at that moment where a police officer in Ottawa grabbed the camera of a Canadian citizen said, get out or you're going to get arrested. Canada has shown an ugly side of itself over the last few weeks. None uglier than the last few days. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. 833-468-8669. Got Tony is the number. Uh, The audio I just played. You can see the video over there at Rumble. Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. You'll be able to see it for yourself. You'll also find videos of a mounted police riding through protesters who were not engaged in any violence at all. You will see police officers trying to gain access to a coffee shop, demanding that it close because it's in an area where protesters are and they had the audacity to serve the protesters. Now I say to you, Canada is not America. Different values, different rules. But is this what we think of our neighbor to the north, Andrew Lawton joins us right now, Canadian broadcaster and columnist. He is the journalism fellow at True North, TNC dot news. He is also the host of the Andrew Lawton show. And uh, Andrew, I, I almost want to ask you to start from the beginning here because the beginnings of what we're seeing have not, there aren't necessarily connected to the trucker protest regarding mandates of vaccines, but rather to Canada's rules about lockdowns at the beginning of COVID. Do I have that right? Yeah, it it certainly morphed. At the very beginning, you had a a number of truckers that were upset at a vaccine mandate for truckers going back and forth between the United States and Canada. And they said, you know, we're going to take charge. We're going to get in our trucks because we can't work and we're going to drive to Ottawa. And in the span of a couple of weeks, it, it grew to becoming a movement that was bigger than truckers and about more than the trucker vaccine mandate and really become a a Canadian uprising against the vaccine mandates, the vaccine passports, which we have in some form or another in in various provinces and at the federal government level. And and now, even then, in the last few days, as the government has taken a very heavy-handed approach to quell this protest, it's morphed yet again into something that's really illuminated the the heavy-handed nature of, of the state here. So when we talk about the heavy-handed state, here's what we've seen. I'd like for you to put it in some kind of 
better understanding. We have seen officials talk about, uh, like, uh, Ottawa police saying we're going to fine these people, we're going to charge them, we're going to financially sanction them. We have seen government officials saying that we are working to ensure the same rules that we use for terrorists we're using for anybody donating uh, to a trucker. And then there's been this conversation about emergency orders, which I'm even having some trouble following. What emergency orders were put into place? And is it true that some of them are going to be made permanent? So this is a very important point you raise here, Tony. So last week, the government invoked the same law that it would invoke if we were in a state of war. It's it's an emergency act that gives the government significant powers. And while it's supposed to be uh, something that complies with the Constitution, uh, we're seeing already that in practice that isn't actually happening. And one of the more insidious dimensions of this is that the government is trying to go after anyone who has provided financial support to the convoy. So the millions of dollars that was donated by people across the country, including in your country and elsewhere around the world, people that said, you know, here's $10, I support the truckers taking a stand. The government is trying to and has succeeded at putting legislation forward that allows banks to freeze bank accounts. Now, the government's saying, oh, no, 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 we're only going after the really big ones. We're only going after the organizers. But there have been a number of reports, even I'm getting it more this morning, from people that say, yeah, I donated $50, and all of a sudden I can't access my bank account. I donated $50, and they don't even have access to their bank accounts at all. That's, that's they're, what they're the Canadians... frozen under these emergency measures talking to Andrew Lawton of True North TNC.news is where you can find him. How is that being seen? How is that being taken by what what I'll refer to as uh, everyday Canadians? Well, there were a lot of Canadians who were on board with the truckers at first and, and kind of turned on them the longer the protest went on, the more disruptive it got. And I think in some ways they may have lost the moral high ground to a lot of people at, at some point in the protest because they were camped out on, on Parliament Hill for, for a little over three weeks. But then when Trudeau went and invoked this Emergencies Act, he surrendered any inkling that uh, he might have had that he was able to claim the high ground. Uh, he's got civil liberty groups uh, against him. He's got a number of lawsuits and legal challenges from, again, some of those very groups, also from some of the truckers affected. And he's got Canadians that are looking at this and saying, OK, maybe I wasn't a fan of the trucker convoy, but I don't think, you know, Gladys Pinkerton should have her bank account frozen because she gave $10 to the convoy's fundraising campaign. So now uh, we, we see this, this part of the emergency order. Has there been, have there been other ones that we don't know about? We knew about some of the financial stuff. Are there other things that are going into place? And are they being, are they being removed, right? Or are these, is this now the way it is for forever? It's not forever. I mean, there is a time limitation on this. Justin Trudeau just spoke uh, less than two hours ago and said that he is keeping the emergency in effect, even though... In the last few days, police have managed to clear all the trucks and all the protesters out of downtown Ottawa. Now, it wasn't a seamless process. I was in Ottawa covering this, and I, on Friday, uh, got uh, a hefty dose of pepper spray in my face while trying to do my job as a journalist. So, so again, they did manage, though, to clear downtown Ottawa. There is no blockade. There is no convoy. There is no mass assembly of protesters in Ottawa but they're keeping the declaration of this state of emergency in place. And the reason they're doing so is so that they can keep going after the financial support like we were just talking about. 
But also, this allows them to designate any space in the country they want, really, the site of a, quote, unlawful protest. And when they do that, as in that video clip you played at the beginning of your show, they can arrest people for just walking down the street if they've decided that, you know what, this is a protest zone. This is a zone that we don't believe people are allowed to go into. So the implications of this are significant. The checks and balances are virtually non-existent in practice, even if they do exist in theory. So one of the things uh, that that this leads to, of course, is what is the future for Justin Trudeau and how is is he viewed? You know, you talk about how the truckers may have lost the moral high ground, which happens because things go on and on and on. It's like, okay, you made your point. Uh, You can go home now, and some people do indeed view it like that. Then you take a look at how Trudeau has done things, whether it be these emergency orders or whether it's saying of a conservative parliamentarian um, that you're standing with those waving swastika flags. Uh, What is the take on Trudeau, the prime minister, right now? It's tough to say because here's a guy that has historically been really Teflon-like. He he has managed to weather scandal after scandal after scandal because he does have that celebrity appeal to a lot of Canadians. Although, again, when people are seeing footage of protesters being brutalized, of an Indigenous woman getting knocked down by a horse and ending up in hospital, this does not reflect kindly on a prime minister who, again, for the first time in this country's history – is invoking this particular act. I'm not during 9-11, not at other points of COVID, not at other national crises, but he's invoking it now when there were a few hundred truckers and uh, several more protesters there. So I I do think it's going to be a challenge. He's got uh, members of parliament voting tonight on whether to uh, affirm, basically, the Emergency Act. And if he loses that vote, I don't believe he'll be able to stay on as prime minister. It just... He will not have a mandate. However, I do think it's going to pass. I I think he's got enough support from the parties that are even further to the left than his is. So this this all leads us uh, to to two, I I think, maybe more than two, but two interesting places. Uh, First was, of course, the question about what is the future of Justin Trudeau? And second is what what is the future of Canada? Uh, There there are moments that... um, do have an effect, and there are moments that we're told have an effect. In the United States, of course, we're told that January 6th and a riot at the Capitol had an effect. I'm here to tell you uh, the riots that took place across the United States for two years had far more of an effect. What we have seen over the last, we'll call it 30 days in Canada, how long does this stick with Canada? Has this changed people's perceptions from within, the, the perceptions of citizens? On, on how they view government and what kind of nation they are? I think it has to. We're not like the U.S. We're not a country that was born of rebellion or born of revolution. So we don't have that experience baked into our DNA. So that's why this was such a watershed moment for Canada and for Canadians. And even just looking at COVID specifically, the Canadian pandemic experience has been a lot more restrictive than the American pandemic experience. We've had lockdowns that have been in place for much longer in in some parts of the country, more severe lockdowns. In my own province of Ontario, not too far from where you are, uh, you can't uh, until I think March 1st go to a restaurant to eat if you're not vaccinated. You can't go to a concert or a movie theater. So these restrictions have remained in place when everyone else around the world has started to lift them. And I I think that for Canadians to finally say we've had enough and take a stand, 
like they did with this protest, was itself a turning point. Now, whether that was a flash in the pan or whether that's enduring, I don't yet know. But I do think it was a change that cannot be ignored. Andrew Lawton uh, from True North, T-R-U-E-N-O-R-T-H, T-N-C uh, dot news. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, by the way, uh, pepper spray to the face. Um, how you feeling? I'm feeling much better. I, I regained my vision after a, a little bit of time. Ended up having to take a, a quick trip to the emergency room and enjoy the splendor of Canadian healthcare. But I, I am all recovered now and was back at it the next day. But it was free, wasn't it? Great. Yeah, but the pepper spraying was also free. I would have, I could have done with neither. Okay, well, if you're going to be that way about it, Andrew Lawton, I appreciate you taking the time. As always, we'll check in with you in the future. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.